Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This can be a really helpful practice for scholars. Welcome to WriteCast, a casual conversation for serious writers. I'm Nicholas Nadeau. And I'm Brittany Coleman Arneson. In this episode, we're talking about writing on a regular basis and five tips for setting up your writing practice. All right, Brittany, so can you believe 2014 is actually over? Oh, I know. It has just flown by. I can't believe that we're bringing in the new year. But we're definitely uh, excited for another new year. Yes, it'll be wonderful. I have to say, I am planning to make one resolution for 2015. Oh, that's nice. What's the uh, what's the new resolution? Okay, so I've been playing the piano since I was in second grade, but I have virtually nothing to show for it because I don't practice. And so I told myself I'm going to practice the piano three times a week. It was going to be every day, but I figured this is probably more realistic with a new baby on the way. So three times a week at the piano is my New Year's resolution. Nice. Well, that'll that'll be good for your baby, too. I'm sure uh, he or she will be quite the uh, the Mozart or the Benfolds Five or whatever uh, you envision. <laughs> I hope both. I want our child to be a very versatile <laughs> musician. <laughs> so obviously, regular practice is an important part of improving any skill, whether it's playing the piano or academic writing. So uh, we actually wanted to talk today about practice in the context of academic writing. Yes, and we figure the new year is really a perfect time to resolve to set up a regular writing practice in your busy schedule. If you spend a little bit of time now preparing a practice based on some of the tips we're going to give you, then when things settle down, you'll be all set to jump into your new writing routine. Yep, so in this episode, we're going to have five tips for you for establishing a regular writing practice. Before we get into those tips, though, I wanted to talk a little bit about why it might be important to establish a regular practice. So a lot of you might have heard this kind of widespread belief that forming a new habit takes 21 days, but some research actually suggests that it can take more than two months to form a new habit. So that kind of behavior that becomes automatic for you. This research also found that missing a day or two didn't interrupt the process of habit formation, so you don't have to beat yourself up if you sort of start a practice and then something happens and you miss a day or two here and there. But we do think that it's really important to start building the habit of writing early on and that this can be a really helpful practice for scholars. Yep. So setting up a writing practice can also help you get over the fear of writing and the fear of the blank page or the blank screen. So tip number one is to make a plan and stick to it. And here you want to just set up that regular schedule. And so put it in your calendar, block off some time, make a date, or just let people know that it's your time. Just tell them that you're going to write. We actually have a blog post from our colleague Sarah Prince. It's on making a capstone calendar. So you can find it by going to our blog, which is waldenwritingcenter.blogspot.com. And in the search box, just type in capstone calendar and that blog post will appear. So the whole point is just to show up, sit down, whether or not you have any ideas, whether or not you feel particularly inspired, and then let your muse find you. Train yourself, train those ideas to come up to the surface during that designated time. Right. And I want to point out, too, that even though the Capstone Calendar blog post is directed more towards students who are working on their doctoral study or their dissertation, this is actually a really helpful practice for anybody at any stage. So if you're an undergraduate, if you're a graduate student working on coursework, still go and check out that blog post because the advice there is really applicable across the board, not just for folks working on those Capstone documents. Yeah, it's a great point, Brittany. Thanks. So tip two is to set up your space. 
Now, many of us know this, or many of us have maybe experienced this, but aren't fully aware of it or aware of why it's important. Aesthetics and ergonomics do matter. They make a difference in terms of our ability to function well, to produce good work, to focus. So you want to make your writing space somewhere where you're really comfortable. Your chair, how comfortable it is, how supportive it is, the lighting in the space where you're writing are really important factors. You might also consider bringing some inspiring art or photos into your space, maybe some plants, something that helps you feel like you get excited to sit down in that space, right? You don't want to be too hot or too cold. You don't want to be uncomfortable. You don't want to think your space is ugly. You really want it to be an inviting space for you to to go ahead and sit down. One other thing is... I think ideally we would all prefer to be in a space with a door that shuts so that we can have a little bit of privacy and then also so that we can go away afterwards and shut the door on our work and not worry about it. Not everybody's living space allows for that, of course. So if you don't have that kind of space available to you, you might consider always writing in the same public place like a library or a coffee shop. So someplace that you like to be that feels good to you and kind of setting up that pattern where you go to that same space, either in your own home or in a public space, every time you sit down to write. Yeah, and I just wanted to remind our listeners, we also have an episode, episode number seven, when uh, Amy Cabista, who's the manager of the writing services here at Walden, mentions that she and her husband rearranged one of the rooms in their house just to give herself some private writing space. And I have to say, as, as someone who lives in Boston, uh, where uh, housing is not cheap, that definitely resonates with me. Uh, I definitely can see myself doing that uh, if there's actual space to work with in my uh, new apartment. Uh, I'll look forward to doing that as well. So moving on to tip number three is to establish patterns or quirks in your writing process. So just like tennis players, sometimes they take a certain number of, you know, bounces with the the tennis ball before they serve. Some people like to use the same pen or cool hat you like to wear when you write. It doesn't really matter. Whatever you think will help you get into the mood, make it fun, make it original so that you know it's your time. And if you're uh, living with roommates or family members, you know, if you put on the writing hat, They'll know you don't mess with her. You know, you don't mess with her. It's, that's writing time. So just just figure out a strategy that works for you. Right. And <laughs> we're being a little bit silly here. And, and this might also seem maybe a little bit superstitious to some of you. But really, regardless of whether or not you choose to wear a silly hat or just use the same pen, some of these quirks and patterns that you build into your practice can really help train your brain to focus based on that trigger. So picking up that pen becomes a trigger for focusing on writing for your brain. Um, and this is something that can be really helpful. If you build those patterns into your practice, your brain will get used to saying, oh yeah, now I'm sitting down in this space. This is the same space I sat down in last time. I'm picking up this same pen. I'm putting on my goofy hat. Must be time to write. So there really is some helpful truth to these suggestions and not just silliness or superstition. So tip four is to be patient. Now, this is a hard thing for all of us in this culture. We aren't used to being patient. We're used to getting things instantaneously. But with Brittany, writing... can you wrap it up now? I, I'm, I'm getting a little impatient. Can you just get to the point, please? <laughs> Nick, Nick, you are not illustrating my point. <laughs> we have to back up a little bit when we're writing, right? And, and not worry so much about producing the final product right away. 
And I think that's something that can be really challenging for all of us when we're busy, when we're trying to get this podcast episode wrapped up, and why is my co-host blabbing on and on? (laughs) You know, we really want things to clip along. And that is not always how the writing process works, as many of you will know from personal experience. So one thing that we really want to emphasize is not to become discouraged if some days are slow. Just keep showing up. Keep sitting down in that desk. Keep using your special pen or putting on your fancy hat, regardless of whether or not you feel like you're making a lot of progress with your writing every time you sit down. And you really want to make sure to to turn off that inner judge or editor. We've talked about this on previous podcast episodes before where we're talking about really um, not censoring yourself, right? It doesn't matter what you write, just that you get something on the page so that you can feel like you have produced something over the course of your writing time. Well, that reminds me, Brittany, is is lastly, tip number five is after all of this work and all of this uh, struggle and suffering, hopefully it's not too much of that, but uh, of course it takes some uh, time and dedication. After all of that, make sure to reward yourself. So this involves giving yourself that treat or that reward if you show up for your writing sessions each week or each day or each month. Brittany, I, I remember seeing this um, really clever trick uh, on Facebook where someone would put a gummy bear on their book after each paragraph that they read. And I, I thought that was brilliant. I also thought it would be a, a pretty fast route to tooth decay. <laughs> but it's, you know, along those lines, you know, give yourself uh, a reward after uh, 500 words, uh, maybe treat yourself to some coffee or whatever uh, you choose. So try those things and also share your successes, share in the victories that you have, maybe on Facebook or Twitter, or as we talked about in a previous episode, uh, share it with your writing community. If you have one here at Walden, if you don't, just make sure that you let us know on our Facebook page or on our Twitter feed. We would definitely love to hear about your successes as academic writers. Yeah, I actually think that social media is a really great way to um, do this final tip, this reward yourself tip. Now, of course, the reward can be coffee or a gummy bear or whatever, but I think the way that social media is set up, especially Facebook, If you post something that you've done that has uh, made you feel successful, your friends tend to chime in and give you that feedback that can be really helpful, that positive reinforcement, telling you good job, way to go, we're proud of you, those sorts of things. And those can be really motivating messages to go back and sit down at your next scheduled session and keep working. So yeah, definitely um, use those tools to your advantage as well. Well, thanks for listening. I hope this episode gave you some tips, but more importantly, some motivation to get writing. And and of course, this applies to any kind of writing, whether it's letter writing, journal writing, novel writing, or paper or dissertation writing. We definitely are a fan of all of these kinds. But specifically here, uh, we want to make sure that you get your Walden academic writing done. Or uh, if you're from a different university, get whatever you need to get done, done. Make sure that you uh, reserve that time to write so that you can have more time to enjoy the rest of your life. So tune in February 1st for our next episode, which will feature student questions and our answers to them. Thanks, everyone. All right. Take care, everyone. This podcast is a production of the Walden University Writing Center. This episode was produced by me, Brittany Kalman-Arneson, my co-host, Nicholas Nadeau, and Anne Scheel. 